Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 143, the Vince Young going missing and having the police and crisis team called while he watches football and eats, eats wings with both scafe of sods. That was a scary time, like a scary few hours for Titans fans. It was a scary few hours for sure. It was like, I remember uh, that. I, I was a teenager. He was, was he QB one at the time, or had he had just been benched? I don't know because I, I remember there there was there, there was a lot of like uh, depression going on with him. I, I feel like he was if he was still starting, he was definitely going through major struggles. Um, yeah, but I, I do remember Jeff Fisher and the and the Titans really like kind of going on a manhunt for Vince Young just to figure out yeah. if he was okay. That was well because if he's not at the yeah, if he's not at the facility or at Cheesecake Factory, you gotta be like, okay, red alert. Where the hell is he? Uh, honestly, I can't think of an, a third place where he would be. Uh, that one came via. Uh, I'll give you guesses, but you'll probably only need one. Who that one came from? Um, let's go, yeah. Elden English. Uh, the uh, the leader in the clubhouse for Tupper of the Year, my man, uh, comes up huge, and he comes up good. He comes up solid with so titles that are like distinct Titans memories. Look, I know there are some diehard Titans fans out there that have some like you can pull some obscure memories uh, to name our sods after. And if you think you've got that power, I know you do. But if you think you've got that power, tweet at us at Titan Up Pod and send it to us. This one that one came via via Eldon English at Shrike one one three on Twitter. The Vince Young going missing and having the police and crisis team called while he watches football and eats wings with both scafe of soads. That's solid. Uh, that, that's solid work. Very solid. Good job. Very solid work. Uh, and speaking of solid work, that's what you're going to get from Jack and I, unlike you got from the Titans on Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. Things are great. No, Jack and I are going to try. Uh, Jack's going to be a complete pessimist throughout the entire episode. I'm going to try and be an optimist. Uh, it's not. And that's not like how like our normal we both want to be pessimists about this, but uh, we're going to uh, try something new uh, for this. So we'll explain that a little bit later. Plus, we got Gentry Estes. All right. Figured one Gentry isn't enough for this podcast. Need to bring in a second. And we do. He's going to talk about Jack's bowling game. Uh, that is a literal statement. Jack. He knows about Jack and how good he is at bowling. We're going to talk about that. And then we will also probably mention the Titans uh, in the interview as well. And, uh, and of course, you know, look, it's A.J. Brown hate week, right? Are we allowed to say that? You know what? I've got to take for A.J. Brown hate week. We'll get into that um, a little bit later, but it is it's Eagles week. So uh, but before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. Are you stressed? Do the Titans yes. make you stay up at night? Do the Titans keep you from you know. getting eight hours of sleep? If that's the case, let me send you to Relax the Back. Our friends over at Relax the Back set out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, Todd Downing, live better, 
and feel better every Titan on the injured reserve list every single day. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, this is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting up at work all day. Maybe uh, going over the playbook and dialing up Jeff Swain's screen passes. They've also got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to help maximize your sleep every night. The Relaxback team will make sure you're waking up and feeling great every single day after a win or a loss. Go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. If you're unable to get there in person, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. With all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train is coming. It's rolling around the bend. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 30th, 2022, the last day before December, which doesn't have as much of a ring to it just based off of the last few games. But Jack, I'm going to give you a list of numbers, and I want you to try and guess what they are, okay? Okay. 27, 24, 24, 21, 19, 17, 17, 17, 27, 16. Those are the points the Tennessee Titans have scored in each game this season, with 16 being the most recent in the loss to the Bengals. That is right. They are not the numbers that Hurley found in that one episode of Lost. They are the Titans offensive output numbers, and it sucks. Dude, I, I, it's, I, it is, it is frustrating to me. And I'm going to ask uh, Gentry about this, but it's frustrating to me that I go into every game thinking, Look, this is the one. This is the game where they put it all together. They put together uh, a strong offensive output. They look pristine. They make their blocks. They they execute. The play calling is on point. And we got a taste of that. We got a taste of that Thursday night on Green Bay. Maybe I was just being a little too greedy, thinking that we could maybe run it back, get it again. But my goodness, did... The Titans, every game, I feel like I'm I'm either I'm going insane or the Titans are trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results because whatever is working on the offensive side of the football is not. It is not like it, it's it's just it's it's ridiculous. Uh, that's all I can say. They the Titans offense only does a few things well, right? They. I mean, I, I, I a few. You can name a few. I, I don't. I think two. I can do one thing, and that's and that's try and get the ball to Traylon Burks right now. That's literally the only yeah, thing I've right been now. working for him. Maybe Chig too. I'll give uh, Chig. Uh, and it's our, those are our rookies. Keep in mind. Typically, Derrick Henry moves the ball, gets the ground game going. He's hard to tackle, hard to stop. He's what makes the Titans a threat in the postseason. Derrick Henry, he has struggled of late. He hasn't topped 100 yards in his last three games. He's averaging and that and that's not that's not a Derrick Henry thing. 
that's not a Derrick Henry thing. That's no, that's a, this not. this offensive line or, or or blocking schemes, whatever it may be, whatever the Titans are setting up. And I think the Titans only run out of eleven personnel, which is beyond me. Why would you stack the box even more than the defenses already are by bringing everyone in? And 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 Derrick's not being able to get anything going because of everyone around him, and it's so frustrating as a huge Derrick Henry fan. It is. It is. He hasn't, he hasn't been able to get anything going on the ground the last three weeks. I mean, we saw it against the Bengals. He averaged 2.2 yards per carry against the Packers, which was what we think the most complete offensive game the Titans put together this season. He averaged just 3.1 yards per tote and then 2.8 against the Broncos, though the Titans won those last two games. The other thing the Titans do well is they score touchdowns when they get in the red zone. Coming into the game, they were scoring, they were converting 74% of their red zone trips into six points um pending extra points which um uh, you know for titans fans are not a given um they went over three against the Bengals in the red zone when they get down there they have to cash it in field goals aren't going to win in the playoffs field goals aren't going to beat joe burrow they're not going to beat josh allen they're not going to beat patrick mahomes and they probably won't even beat lamar jackson so they've got to find a way to continue scoring touchdowns in the red zone they just haven't found any momentum. They haven't been able to sustain any momentum. It feels like this offense can't do two good things in a row or put two solid games together in a row right now. Mike White went out and completely showed Zach Wilson how it's done uh, on Sunday with the New York Jets. Obviously, it was against a, a bad Bears team with uh, against a bad Bears defense. But Robert Sala, after the game, said about Mike White, he made the easy look easy, which, you know, you could take that as a dig at, at Zach Wilson or whatever you want it to be. But, but it did seem true. I, if you saw any of that game, Mike White made the easy look easy. He just did the simple things well, and it built up to a 31 to 10 win over the bears. The reason I bring up the jets on this Titans podcast, I mean, you're probably like, what the hell are you? Where the hell is this guy? doing? I'm bringing up a point. He made the easy look easy. For whatever reason, Todd Downing doesn't know how to do that. For whatever reason, this this offense doesn't know how to do that. And I, that, it's not just a Todd Downing thing. The play calling is one thing. The execution just isn't there. And there's a lot of guys that are not making the easy look easy. And that's what good teams do. They make the easy look easy. And and then the, and then you can expand like expound upon that, and you can start dipping your toes into the difficult water. Mm -hmm. But right now the Titans can't even do easy right. I, I swear, if you gave them Kraft mac and cheese right now, they they somehow fumble it up. They put <laughs> yeah. in uh, too much uh, water. I was going to say too much, not enough cheese. They uh, it would be like there'd be like a random pickle in there, and you're like, what the hell is that pickle doing in there? I, I don't know, but that's what this Titans offense is doing. They're putting pickles and mac and cheese. They can't butter their bread. Like it's it, it's it's that tough for them on offense. There's not one thing they go to that consistently works. I love how they're involving Traylon Burks of late, but you know, can we get maybe? Oh, you mean by blocking on Jeff Swaim's screen passes? Well, I'm going to get to that. I love how they're get getting him involved too. We're going to get to that, but they can't have two things happen at once. They can't have a Traylon Burks you know, strong game coupled with an efficient ground game with Derrick Henry coupled with Ryan Tannehill 
protected in the pocket, making good decisions in the pocket, which, I mean, if you tell me right. that Tannehill in this game doesn't turn the ball over, throws for 280 yards, Titans win this game, in my opinion. But right. it doesn't happen. They get beat by Burrow at the end, which is somehow um, less frustrating than getting beat by the Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson, in the postseason last season. I, that loss was much worse than this one. Burrow's going to beat teams. That's what he's going to do. He's going to beat yeah. good defenses. But there, there's right, right. The, things because it, because I, the, I leave this game with that I'm, I'm really concerned with, not just for this season, but for next as well. In the playoffs, it felt like the Titans were the better team. It felt like the Titans were the better team, and they 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 got beat. I, like I, I I swear, if you play that if you play that divisional round playoff game ten more times, I think the Titans win eight of them. That's how much better that Titans team was. But for whatever reason, it was it was the turnovers really was just what, what, what were the backbreaker. But this game, the Bengals were the better team. The Bengals were, they came out and they beat the Titans. They did what the Titans do best. They came in, they stole the blueprint that the Titans use on other teams and and did it. And it was like, the Titans didn't know what to do. They're like, well, where did our blueprint go? It was just here on the table. Where did it go? Has anyone seen our blueprint? And you, meanwhile, you've got freaking Joe Burrow over on the other aisle, like looking at the, okay, let's do this, guys. Let's, let's have a, uh, <laughs> let's have a strong run defense. Let's, uh, you know, let's have a strong run game and uh, let's just be more physical, which that was the most shocking thing, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The more physical team on Sunday w- was in white. <laughs> they, we've they, seen not we, in two tone blue. We've seen the Chiefs try and do this earlier in the season and the Chiefs abandoned that idea after they realized, hey, man, the, the Titans are pushing us around a little bit. They're shoving us in a locker. We can't play that style of football. But for whatever reason, the Bengals are able to play that brand of football better than the Titans, at least in the last two matchups, three matchups, I think. So it's upsetting. The Titans are going to have to get creative when that brand of football isn't working against the Bengals like it hasn't worked recently. That's on Todd Downing. That's on Mike Vrabel. That's on special teams. You got to do something differently. And, and you can't you can't leave points on the field. They're leaving money on the table in the red zone. You got to play perfect against teams with quarterbacks like that, or at least near perfect. And the Titans weren't anywhere close to that level on Sunday. Okay. Last negative thing I'll say before I turn into Mr. Optimism because, um, the, because we want yeah, we want to try something new, uh, where Jack is, Jack could be Mr. Pessimist, which we kind of both work just there. Uh, I want to try and be optimistic. I want to try okay. and, and really shine some light because I do know that there's Titans fans on both sides. There are Titans fans that are, Oh, the sky is falling. And there's Titans fans that are like, look, it's not all is lost. This is a seven and four team still leading the division. They're going to the playoffs. It's just, you know, a matter of which, uh, th- that is there's, it's not three straight losses to the Bengals only team to be three and O against Mike Vrabel. I, th- this team, the offensively i'm just i i just i they have to figure it out like i this was the first game that i'll say the first game this season where i started to have doubt that this team you know how we've always talked we've always talked jackie going into games against bigger teams than the titans bills chiefs uh last year the rams Heck, this week would be a week that I would I would put under there against an, a nine and or a, a ten and one Eagles team. Yeah, hell yeah. 
I've never once had any doubt that the Titans could win the game. I've never once gone into a week where no matter who the opponent was and no matter how much better or bigger they felt, I always felt like the Titans had this like this underdog, this this Mike Rabel mentality to them. Well, they do. They they are capable of beating every team in the NFL. Yes. And that and that, that we've always had that mindset. I've never been not confident in the Titans until Sunday. Sunday, my confidence started to crack and I started to think, what if this team just isn't good? What if like, like I always thought like in the okay. back of my mind, this We're team gets into the play. No, no. Oh, you want to, I'll go pessimist. What well, if this going, team, well, what if this team gets here. to the playoffs? What if this team gets to the playoffs? Like I always thought if they just get to the playoffs, they can make a run. They can beat anyone, even if it's on the road, if they have to play the entire playoffs on the road, they can make a run. But now I'm not so sure. Not with that offense, with the the offense that we don't know. I'm, I can't even say which offense is going to show up. We know which offense is going to show up. It's the 27, 24, 24, 21, 19, 17, 17, 17, 27, 16. And in only, what, three of those games they scored in the second half? So I we kind of know what they are, they are offensively. True. It, it's not even like which offense is going to show up. We know. So with that, I don't think they can make a run. And that was when I, my confidence first started to crack was on Sunday afternoon. It's also 10 days removed from beating the Packers in what was the team's best effort this year. But the now, Packers suck. I mean, no, that, I know. Let, I know let, they did. Let's not like, look, this isn't the, them beating Aaron Rodgers of old. This isn't them going into Lambeau and, and beating the team that is set to win the NFC North. They're in, they're in last place behind the Lions True. in but the I NFC mean, North. That Packers team, even though they're having a down year, I mean, you saw the run they gave the Eagles last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, they're capable. The, the Titans absolutely bullied them up and down the field in that matchup. But I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead. However, I do agree with you. I do think the wins have been masking some of the Titans' problems, although and, and they haven't really been doing a great job of masking them because it's just so blatantly obvious that this offense lacks creativity, nuance, skill players. I mean, it, it's missing a whole lot of offensive linemen that are capable of you know lasting 60 minutes against a good pass rush. Like, there are too many holes in this offense for it to get fixed overnight or even throughout the rest of the season. You just got to limit those big mistakes. Those sack fumbles, those interceptions, those bad decisions, those missed opportunities down in the low red zone. You've got to you, you've got to hit all of those chances as much as you can in order to hang with these big guys, these the the Bills of the world, the Chiefs of the world. And you know, come playoff time, they're gonna be going to Arrowhead and to Orchard Park up in Buffalo, and probably to Baltimore if you know the standings hold the way they're holding or, or Miami. I mean, who knows who's going to come out of the AFC East. It's frustrating. And it, it is disappointing to see them follow up a great effort with a, you know, another poor effort that we've become accustomed to seeing from this team. But I don't think that that means that the Titans are incapable of knocking off one of the big dogs. I know that they haven't had success this year, like they did last year, but they're going to be in one score games for the rest of the season. And probably in the postseason. They've just got yeah. to make the big plays when the opportunities arise. And I think that's just where my frustration lies is I, we're we're not going to get a Titans win, at least not this season, where it's not one of those. It's it wasn't pretty. It was beautiful type <laughs> wins. It's going to be uh, every win is going to be ugly. 
you're not going to, and, and if it's not an ugly win, it's going to be a loss. Like that, those are our only two options. You're right. And the, it, because the Packers game, 27 17, the Titans won by 10. Okay. That's the right. biggest margin of victory the Titans have had all season long. Well, and even in that, even in that game, could not get the running game going. So it still wasn't a flawless victory. It wasn't, it wasn't like the perfect game for the Titans. They, the, the running game sucked. Like they're so, and, and, and yet they, they, You'd think, okay, well, let's go back to work. Let's go, and that's what they say after every damn game. And I understand they they have scripts that they have to stick to and everything, but they're just like, we just got to go back in and work harder and and watch the film and and get better. And it's like, okay, when is the get better part come? <laughs> Look, it comes like, and then it goes. You say like you've said that after night. four after four losses this year, and I've yet to see it. I've yet to see the get better part, and. Uh, I'm sure you're watching film. I'm sure you're working hard, but I'm not, we're not seeing the, the product on the field. And it is very frustrating. This is the most frustrating. I'm not going to say that because there's been some frustrating teams, but I was going to say, this is the most frustrating seven and four team I've ever been a part of, but (laughs) no, that's fair because they've lost three games by a total of eight points, right? right? Giants, Chiefs, Bengals. That's eight points combined. Let me get a pop optimistic positive okay all right i'm gonna try and be optimistic and you feel free to be as pessimistic as you want okay yeah, no, you get know, negative you fill up your glass half full right now i i'll bring yeah i made a list of things that made me sad on sunday oh. i'm gonna read them off hopefully austin can make me feel better about them step aside step aside because i'm i'm making this glass all the way full okay not just half full this is uh look i this team is to me this this team is still seven and four. They're, they're, you can already hang the AFC South banner. Okay. Jeff Saturday's not getting it done, at least not with that clock management. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm not, and they're, they're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. And for this team, the way this team is built, that's all you can ask for. Just get me a seat at the table. All right. Give me the a seat at the table and let me show you how, how we eat. Okay. We're from the South. All right, we like family style. We're gonna we're gonna steal more off that uh, the middle of the table than you guys are ready for. Okay, and when you've got this pristine and pretty teams like the Bills and the and the Chiefs, look this defense. And I know they had they laid an egg on on Sunday. As long as they're not playing the Bengals, I've got all the confidence in the world that this team can make a run against literally anyone. Okay. The, the the Bills team that they played in week two is not the same Bills team that's taking the field every week now. Okay. The the Chiefs team that they took, they took the damn Chiefs to overtime with the rookie quarterback without completing a pass to a wide receiver. Okay. You put Ryan Tannehill in that spot against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I I I've got all the confidence in the world. Okay. I, I'm all I'm saying is this team is 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 built built for a uh, uh, built for the playoffs. They're coached for the playoffs, and I like I like their chances. Here's why I'm worried about it, Austin. It's because the offensive coordinator is harmfully creative. He's creative in the worst way. We saw it the the best example of the season. Titans screen to Jeff Swain. With a lead blocker, Traylon Burks. Okay, He's look, I, I got, I got, I, I, I got to stay optimist. But look, nobody saw it coming. No, 
So. Except every Titans fan that has hair clumps laying next to them by the time the game's finished. Look, I, I thought you you know how rappers when they go to prison, they're they're able to write like albums or songs, maybe, and then they come out and they release the first day out song. This was Todd Downing's first day out game. I thought maybe in the drunk tank he was he was scheming up some X's and O's, drawing up some plays that could work against Cincinnati's defense, maybe a little toasty, you know, when when the creative juices are really flowing. But it ended up looking like Coach Klein in the Water Boy, where he says, "All right, we're gonna fake to the left." No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna fake to the right. Oh no, no, no. We're not gonna fake it all. We're gonna fake about faking. That that feels like every offensive <laughs> meeting that Todd Downing holds for the Titans right now, and it's it's creative, but in a in a way that sets the Titans' offense back fifty years. Okay, first of all. I'm very proud of you for making a movie reference, especially one uh, that came out before you were born. Uh, second, I I am very uh, proud of you for uh, the 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 Coach Klein reference. Yes, because it's we're we're gonna we're gonna fake to the right. No, we're gonna fake to the left. No, scratch that. We're gonna fake about fake. We're gonna pretend to fake. That is that to me is a play in Todd Downing's playbook. We know that. <laughs> And just you wait until they bring it out, okay? Just you wait until they bust that play out because the defense won't know what's coming their way. I Look, Coach Klein wishes he could throw away that green notebook of his for Todd Downing's playbook, all right? You think, <laughs> you said, you no one in the, nobody on God's green earth thought Jeff Swain would have a, a screen pass drawn up to him. And what's Todd Downing do? Dude, he zigs when everyone else zags, right? My man is, he's, he, look, he's going galaxy brain. And maybe, maybe, you know how like they say it takes time for an offense to be implemented? You know, it takes maybe a year or so. In Todd Downing's case, uh, over a year, still pending. Maybe it's looking like maybe two years to get uh, it, it implemented. All I'm saying is just wait until... He starts to and those end arounds to Chig on third and one. Those things will be clicking on on full cylinder. Okay, those things will be it will be working for first downs. This offense will be clicking, and you'll be like, "Oh damn, maybe I spoke too soon on Todd Downing." I hope you're right. I, I do hope you're right. But it, the first day out game did not go well for Todd Downing. You remember that trend? Never let them know your next move. Todd oh, Downing's yeah. oh, play yeah. calls are literally that trend. You can <laughs> never predict what's coming next. You never know. It's it's honestly it's pretty it's it's pretty impressive. Um, also, right. look, DeHenber DeHenber is starts tomorrow, dude. It's yeah. okay. Oh oh oh, the Titans can't run the ball. The Titans can't run the ball. Uh, yeah, it's because it's not December, dude. Derrick Henry has had over five hundred and eight hundred yards in December alone in his uh in in two separate December's in his career of over the last three years. Obviously, he wasn't in December last year, but. All I'm saying is, just wait, dude. Just wait. Plus, they got, what, three games against the Jaguars and Texans coming up? Just wait, dude. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Here, here's my next concern. Do the Titans have kicking problems again? Caleb Shudak, sure, Ooh. he went three for four. Made all his extra points. But he missed a 35-yard field goal as time was winding down in the second quarter. Could have given the Titans the lead at halftime, maybe a little momentum coming out of the gates in the third quarter. But Caleb Shudak, who, uh, you know what, and you know who's to blame, it's Mike Herndon. 
Mike Herndon's to blame because he said when Randy Bullock went down with this injury, he said, you know what? Caleb Shudak may not give this give this job back to Randy Bullock. Well, Ooh. I mean, when you miss Ooh. 35 yard field goals, you're giving the job back to Randy Bullock. So All now right. you're choosing between a guy who you can't trust from inside 40 to a guy who you definitely can't trust from outside 50. And especially so after he comes back from this injury and hasn't been really been able to kick and practice and stuff. So I'm worried about the kicking game. Okay. All right. Let me rebut this with a little optimism. All right. Let me go salt base, sprinkling a little optimism on this take. All right, Jack. Listen, first two things. Shudak makes that kick. Oh, what? The Titans lose 20 to 19? Okay. <laughs> you know, like what it makes no difference whether he makes that kick or doesn't. Okay. Second, okay. What do you do when you move somewhere new? When when you move into town, you know, you see maybe maybe you see the locals playing pickleball. Uh maybe maybe in. you see You're them trying to assimilate. Yeah, it, right? Like you try and oh, oh, this is what they do here. Okay. All right. I need to need to make myself accustomed to the the traditions of the, of those who have <laughs> came and lived here before me. Dude, I hate you. <laughs> so, I mean, look, if Randy Bullock misses a, a game-winning kick week one against the Giants, he probably is watching tape. He's probably seeing like seeing, oh, oh, Titans, Titans kickers tend to miss kicks. That's what they do around. You know what? Here. You know what? I gotta miss at least one. I gotta miss at least one easy one to fit and fit myself in to make them know that I'm true blooded. I am two-tone blue to the core. You cut me open, and out comes two-tone blue blood. I don't know what that looks like. But you can imagine. So uh, that is what he was doing. He's just fitting in. He's doing his job. My last thing, I'm going three, and then we're getting out of here. <laughs> no Quentin Spain. No Danico Autry. The Titans only manage one sack. So when the defense isn't getting pressure, isn't getting sacks, how do you win? They didn't even have Quentin Spain. And the Titans still only got one sack on on Sunday. I'm worried about that, Austin. Yeah, and I did see where they only uh, rushed on, I believe, 18. Uh, the Blitz on 18% of uh, dropbacks as opposed to 30% like they did in the playoff game. Why you would change up your, your scheme there, I'm not exactly sure, especially with Jamar Chase out. And the Bengals uh, had and... given up the fourth most sacks in the NFL coming into this game. Right, right. Yeah. The Bengals, it's not like the Bengals have fixed their sack problem. Uh, that was that was uh that was disheartening. I'll be honest. Hand raised, that was a little disheartening. But think about it this way. Uh it between Todd Downing, or I mean, excuse me, between Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, you've only given up two touchdown passes combined to both of them. Look, uh look, and the penalty at the end of the game, people like to say, oh, it was a terrible penalty. Why could you, like, what, what an idiot. Why would you go over the long snapper? Everyone knows that's a, that's a, that's a personal foul. Why, what are you thinking? Stupid idiot. Oh, is he a stupid idiot? Because I'm pretty sure the Titans' streak of keeping opponents under 21 points is still intact, okay? That's now eight straight games of under 20 points, all right? So, yeah, maybe they didn't get the sacks. The Bengals didn't get the scores to break that streak. But how does that change Kevin Strong from being a stupid idiot? 
he's not a stupid idiot. He's, if anything, he's gal. He's going galaxy brain. He's like, if I commit this penalty, oh. they don't put the three points on the board. It would have okay. been twenty three to nineteen. That streak would have been out the window. But look, the Titans, even though they've they've lost what uh the, the you know what they're seven and four this year, the eight straight last eight games and what I think since uh, the Bills game, they've uh they've they've kept their opponents under twenty one points. It's pretty yeah, impressive. Look, they, hey, it's hard hey. to do that in the NFL, hard hey. especially in this day and age where it's like all about scoring. It's all about offenses. The Titans are like, uh, excuse me, what? You know, like a lot of people like say uh, defense wins championships or say that defense wins championships isn't a thing anymore because of how high powered the offenses are. Uh, uh-uh. I begged it ever. Defenses still can win championships because what do you got to do to win? Got to score. And if you can't score against this defense, boom, you're, 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 you're big trouble, mister. I love how you. The, I, I love how you uh, just used a, a, a optimistic. Um, I, I got a little phrase here about scoring being the difference in the ball games when the Titans haven't scored more than twenty-seven points on the whole season, and they've only scored over twenty-four one time look, this year. Look, look, oh, look. Is the is the Titans' offense bad? It, are they struggling this year? Sure. Okay. Sure. Maybe, maybe Traylon Burks isn't blocking well enough on those Jeff Swaim screen passes. Okay. But when you have a struggling offense, what do you need? A good defense. So that means that means the Titans can do the bare minimum amount of work and still get the job done. Okay. And they have for seven games this season. <laughs> they, all you got to do is get the bare minimum done. And you can get it done. All right. Look, all I'm being, I'm just being optimistic here. Okay. I'm just being optimistic. I think, I, I think we should all, we can all use a little bit of uh, optimism in our lives. And for that, I'll turn it over to my boy, Jack, for a word from our friends at BetMGM. Yes. Changing your lives is exactly what BetMGM will do, hopefully, for the positive. You can download BetMGM for new users. Use code A to Z Sports. That's code A T O Z Sports. You'll get a risk free bet up to $1,000 upon your initial deposit, which you can use however you'd like, as long as it's pro football. You can bet on the Titans this week. They love that underdog role. You can bet under AJ Brown catches or receiving yards because the Titans will lock him down. And we'll get to that right after the break here. But you must. Use our code ATOZ Sports for a risk free bet up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus, Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credits. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Redline at 800 889 9789. We are joined and now by sports columnist for your Tennessean uh, guy. You can follow on Twitter at Gentry underscore Estes. He is just him. Gentry Estes. Gentry, how are you, man? Hey, good. Good to be with you guys. Uh, Gentry, uh, according to my sources, uh, you went bowling last night with, uh, well, excuse me, a lane uh, uh, across from one Jack Gentry. Is that uh, is that true? 
That is true. That is okay. true. We uh, bowled two two games as uh, part of George Plaster's event. It, it went fairly well, I guess. Okay, so it was, it was a plaster event. I was gonna ask, like, was it like a was it Gentry night at uh, at the bowling alley? But no, not not <laughs> not, not quite. Actually, uh, Jack and I were on the same team a year ago. We weren't on oh. the same team this time, but we were last year. Ooh, trouble in paradise. Who broke up with who? Is that or was that <laughs> is that not your choice? <laughs> yeah, we are us bowling all stars. They had to split us up. They didn't want to have a uh, ringer team. <laughs> it was a monopoly of bowling. <laughs> what? Who's the better bowler between the two of you? Oh, I don't know. Gentry got me last night. I, I looked over. I looked over, and he was putting up one forty-five over there. One fifty. I think he. I think he topped one fifty. So Gentry came to yeah. play last night. Yeah, I figured I figured something out. If I threw the ball a certain extent, like it would roll straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's the key to the game. Once you get that down, you're good to go forever. Did um, Jack have well, bumpers right. up? <laughs> no, I wondered if those were going to come. I, I remember last year, uh, I stepped over the line at one point. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, no. that bowling alley, when you when you do that, it yeah. gives this big buzzer, and like other people in other lanes, kind of look over, like, "Whoa, what'd you do?" Yeah, uh, I I, th- I thought about that the whole time last night, like not doing that. Yeah, yep. there's not even like a jukebox in the building, but somehow there's still a record scratch. Everyone goes quiet and just looks over <laughs> to your lane, and it's like the most embarrassing thing ever. <laughs> I know. So like, look at that cheater right there. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of false gentry, is Todd Downing <laughs> is Todd Downing exclusively to blame for the Titans' red zone struggles against the Bengals? O for three, and this is a unit that has uh, excelled in the red area. They they were hitting on they were scoring seventy or converting seventy four percent of their trips into touchdowns coming into the game, and for whatever reason, they just couldn't find the end zone against Cincinnati. Yeah, here's here's kind of my thoughts going back and watching that. I I feel like the Titans at some point are going to have to come to grips with the fact that they can't overutilize Derrick Henry in the way they have in the run game. And, and that is not in any way a knock on Henry, who's had a good season. But the way they operate personnel-wise, uh, you basically is they do everything that's geared toward the run game and oftentimes at the expense of, of passing it. And you saw that in the red zone. Under no circumstances should the Titans ever run a tunnel screen to Jeff Swain in the red zone on first down, <laughs> ever. There is no there is no excuse for that. And, 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 you, and you get it, right? Like, he's on the field because they think he's the best run blocking tight end. He's played the most snaps this season for that reason over, over a couple guys who, who really can, you know, make plays in the passing game. And so he's on the field, but, you know, you put him out there, but you don't want to be predictable. So all of a sudden you end up with Jeff Swain split out wide and Traylon Burks in the slot blocking for him. I don't know what it, it, under any, in any level of football that makes any sense that they do that. Then you fast forward to later in the game, after Traylon Burks' long catch, the next two plays in the red zone, uh, Cody Hollister was the receiver that was on the field. Uh, I I don't see how under any circumstances that makes sense, where you would want Cody Hollister on the field ahead of Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, Westbrook Akine, guys who could potentially make some plays. 
And I think that's it's been that way a lot of the season, these personnel groupings in the red zone. It's worked more often than it hasn't, probably because you have an outstanding running back. But I just feel like the Titans need to – they don't need to gear their entire offense toward this, this run-first identity in terms of personnel. Added to the fact that if Austin Hooper and Chicka Conquo can't block, well, then you, you shouldn't have signed them. You shouldn't have drafted them. Uh, it's, no, it's no secret what the Titans want to do. Uh, so I, I tend to think when you look at the, the struggles from this last game in the red zone, that's what it was. Uh, it, it had to do as much with personnel as anything, added to the fact that they just couldn't, they just couldn't run the ball. They couldn't get a push against this team. And you know, obviously the Titans want to do that. And when you can't do that, it, it throws them off, uh, off kilter. The Bengals came in with a good game plan. And I do, I do think a lot of the Titans miscues were self-inflicted, but that being said, what is it about this Bengals team that just, is able to beat the Titans at their own game. They slowed down Derrick Henry. You know, they got pressure on Tannehill, and they made plays on the defensive side of the ball when they had to. Do the Bengals just have the Titans go? I mean, maybe a little bit. I I, I think, really, if if you had to point to one thing, it's Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, look, I he's certainly on the short list. If somebody came to me and, and said, you have to – go get one quarterback in the NFL to go build your team around right now. I mean, maybe it's Mahomes or Allen, but uh, you make a really strong case for Joe Burrow. He, he, whatever that, that trait is, the Joe Montana trait of, I, you know, I'm going to play my best on third down and make the, you know, the, just these cl- that clutch gene of playing your best in those situations. He's got it. And he made throws in clutch situations that I think was the difference in the game. And I think it was the difference in last year's game. Um, you know, in that one, the guy gets sacked nine times, keeps coming in the playoff game, goes on and beats Kansas city the next week. I mean, he, he, there's something special about that guy that I think, you know, will allow them to, to win a lot of these tight games, which the Titans want to play. But that, that said, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, self-inflicted in a, in a, in a way. I mean, I, I think you go back to at 20 to 16 when, when Brable opts to kick the field goal, that's clearly showing confidence in his defense that he thinks they're going to get a stop and get the ball back. And then, and they didn't. And, and Joe Burrow had, had a lot to do with that. Gentry, I, I keep watching Titans games, expecting them to just come out, you know, come to the table and just play a complete game. And like, play put together their best performance and blow a team out and i i speak mostly to this from the offensive standpoint when it comes to this team because the defense has played really well obviously what seven eight straight games now of holding teams under 21 points but every game i get more of the same poor execution a poor play calling just poor football and we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results are my question is, are the Titans insane or am I for expecting them to be better than what they've shown us? Well, I, I, I hear you on that, but at the same time, they're seven and four. Uh, they were coming off a, a pretty good win in green Bay. I think that was, you know, other uh, outside of what happened later that night, that was probably the best performance Todd Downing's had this season in terms of play calling. And I think their defense is very good. What, what you saw against Cincinnati and, and the concern I would have is how much of that in terms of not getting a pass rush and not being able to stop the run as well had to do with not having Danico Autry. I think that was, uh, you know, th- this is a team that has been very good 
for the last couple of years at withstanding some key injuries and replacing top guys with some pretty no name, you know, replacements who have been able to come in and, and really step up and play pretty well and, and not make those absences felt. I felt like Danico Autry's absence was felt. And that, I, that's I, a guy who's, who's who's been a big deal for that defense. I guess what I'm what I'm asking is I feel like even in the wins, because you're right, seven to four, it's nothing to to bat an eye at. Like they're they've been very they've still been successful. But I feel like this, like even in those seven wins, every game, uh, aside from the Packers game, which was their most complete game, and what I wish we could see more of. I feel like every game has been the uh, it's not pretty, it, it's beautiful type of win that that, you know, that Vrabel always preaches. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like kind of to the point where it's like, yeah, but can we just win like pretty? Can we just win pretty just once? Like, that's what I'm at. Like, and I, look, I'd rather be on the winning side of these things than on the losing side. But after a while, it just kind of wears on you. And then to the point where even if they did win on Sunday, it would have been one of those it's not pretty, it's beautiful type wins. And I feel like it's not uh, eventually the the rest of the AFC, they're 0-4 against the uh, you know the AFC division leaders from last year this season, uh, or 0-3, I guess I should say. Uh, are they going to like I I I just feel like they're they're starting to lose ground with the rest of the division leaders. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that. I, I think it- Look, anytime you have an offense that can't score more than, I guess, 27 points in a game, that's what it's, that's what it's going to look like. And I think if there were, if there, I think the defense is, is solid enough. But if this team is ever going to, to improve and take that next step, the offense and specifically the passing game is going to have to be more formidable. If you're looking for some, some reasons for optimism here in this last couple of games, Traylon Burks has, has started to, to really emerge, and, and I think you're starting to see Tannehill get more comfortable with some of the younger pass catchers and, and the guys who are new to the team. There seems to be more of a more confidence in him and more of a comfortability. I think it kind of ties into to what I said earlier, which was I, I think when you go into a game and your 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 goal and everything you do operationally is to try to get the run game going you risk not a, not allowing that pass game to grow. And I think it's been important for the Titans this year to do that because you do have some young guys on that at the skill positions and also guys who, you know, like Robert Woods and Austin Hooper who weren't on the team last year. And the fact that Tannehill getting hurt didn't help matters on that. But I think that it, once they are – the passing game has become a little more formidable, and I think the Titans would probably do well to – to, to to maybe open that up a little bit and try to throw it around a little more as opposed to the the old the the old idea of running Derrick Henry 30 times you know and and winning ugly so to speak some of this is is by design and what they want to do but i but i think it's certainly true that it, when you start playing playoff teams teams that are going to be able to score points on a good defense and make plays late in games, it's, the Titans are going to have to be able to do that too. And, and the fact that their offense has struggled so much in the second half of these games, you know, they're, they're holding on for dear life. And, and you did, you, you do feel like, and I, I wrote after, I guess it was the Broncos game that there was going to be a breaking point for this at some point, because as you've looked at the Titans, no, you do not just from an eye test standpoint, they do not look like 
the kind of team that could go win a Super Bowl. Mm. Now we're, you know, it's 11, it's 11 games into the season. Um, I would say in 2019, they didn't look like a team for a while that was going to make the AFC title game. So things can change. But the way they change to me is to open up the passing game and, and make more of an effort to get your playmakers on the field. These personnel groupings that you say we're doing it for run blocking, you know, that that's just, I think it's, it's limiting the offense at this point. It's one thing when you got a running back who's going to go run for, you know, have a 2000 yard season and dominate every team they play, but that's not happening anymore. Henry's not dominating every team they play. Uh, the bills and the Bengals both did a good job against him. And so I think they're, the way they improve, I think, is to put the ball in, in, in the hands of, of guys like Traylon Burks, Jacob Conquo, Robert Woods, guys that, you know, they don't have a ton of playmakers on this offense, but they've had more than they've tried to feature at this point. Now, uh, Gentry, the Titans restructured uh, Robert Woods' contract and converted base salary into a signing bonus, creating $2.6 million in salary cap space. Now, can you tell me, that that is them making one last push, uh, a Hail Mary, if you will, pun intended, for Odell Beckham Jr. Or can you lie to me and tell me that they are making one last push for <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr.? There's probably a reason they're doing it. I'm not so sure that's the reason. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I, I, don't, I don't know how great a fit. Odell Beckham Jr. would be for the Titans, but it would be, you know, look, if you're looking for another guy to get out there and catch passes and make plays, he's certainly that. But I, mean, uh, I, I the feel man like loves airports and BNA is blowing up. This is one of those situations where it's like when it, the longer it goes and a guy doesn't sign, it's like the more the fan bases want him to. You know, but yeah. Odell Beckham is kind of a declining talent, I guess you'd say here in the last year or two. I mean, he hasn't been what he was maybe in his first couple of years of his career. And I, I, but I think the fact that now, you know, he's out there, the Cowboys want him so much, and, you know, it's like you, you keep hearing so much about him. I mean, you remember how big a deal, uh, Jadavion Clowney turned into. And I think some of that was the <laughs> fact that we just talked about it for four months. So by the time it happened, it felt like such a big deal and it didn't really make a huge impact. Yeah. We, we had Clowney watch here. So we, we played into that as well. Oh, so yeah. it's partly our fault. But yeah, um, hand raised. I, Austin, I, I think the Titans have had enough trouble on planes recently before you go down the Odell Beckham Jr. route. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> touche. Gentry, I got a question for you. Turning the page a little bit to this week. AJ Brown, you're going up to Philadelphia, and I know the Rabel did not preach revenge game last week against the Bengals. It, that's got to be impossible to ignore going up to Philadelphia, playing the guy who has weekly interactions with the fan base on Twitter, who has who has trashed you, who really didn't show up to meetings for the last two weeks of contract negotiations. He didn't want to be here. How much motivation do the Titans have going into this game? Because it does feel more like a revenge game for the Titans than it really does for A.J. Brown, who ended up getting what he wanted anyways this offseason. Yeah, that's a good, it, it's a good point, and it's something I've kind of thought about you know, kind of focus on this week too, is that most times when people talk about the revenge game, it's all about the player. And yeah, I mean, you've got a guy who's been pretty vocal on social media uh, since, you know, since basically when he was still with the Titans, but, but uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that the, the Titans, th this is another one of those games and we've seen it before with the Titans where, you know, they're, they're pretty heavy underdogs. I guess it's about a touchdown. It's this point spread and, you know, they tend to play their, their best in, in these kind of situations. And, and I think 
they they're going to understand the attention that's on this because the Eagles are having a great season, number one, but also because AJ Brown and, but in terms of what they say to the media, oh yeah, it, they're going to downplay it like crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you know they're going to have their talking points, and it's going to be well, you know, Philly's got a lot of good players, not just AJ. I'm sure we'll hear a lot of that. But look, these these guys know what's being said. They they know the attention that's going to be on this, and you know, I I, I don't think it's a given that AJ is going to go have a big game. I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, if you look at what's been going on at Philly lately. That, you know, look, you, you weren't going to win every game. And and I feel like every season, good teams go through certain periods where they're struggling with some things. And, you know, I, I maybe the Titans aren't getting them at the at the, be- at the best time, but they're not getting them at the worst time either. And, and I think, you know, Philly's got some things they gotta, they're going to have to figure out to, to, to go be the team that I think a lot of people think they can be there at the end of the year. So to them, it's, it's you know, the Titans could be – the Titans are one of those teams that, Maybe when you watch them on tape, they don't have a lot to scare you. But but when you actually get on the field with them, it's usually not a lot of fun. He is Gentry Estes. Follow him on Twitter at Gentry underscore Estes. Uh, sports columnist for the Tennessee and Gentry. Uh, what do you what do you is there a column you're working on right now? Well, I think we just kind of touched on it a little bit. I mean, I got I'm gonna probably have to write about AJ at some point. We'll see what he says. I'm curious because. AJ was always from immediate, like in terms of interviews, he was always a little unpredictable. I mean, there were some times he just didn't really want to say much. And then there were other times where he would say a lot. So mm-hmm. I, uh, he's, he's going to have a lot of questions his way this week. So I want to see what he says. Um, as, yeah. As, as a columnist, you're hoping for the latter though, right? You're hoping, you're hoping he just r- pops off his mouth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, really, if you have Twitter and you know if you're on twitter and, and there's there's probably gonna be enough there but uh yeah the problem no, with his I, twitter I, is it's I, more I, of a snapchat because it, it'll be gone within within a couple of hours, after he hours. Tweets it. yeah that's that's a that's a fair point he he was as good as anybody at that <laughs> well yeah. to deleting tweets right away and you know it, it does make you wonder it's like the, the way it, I've, I've still i've always said this the way things ended with the titans and yeah, I mean, he cut off communications with the team, and and I, I think he had given some indications that that he was upset, and didn't want to be there. But but there was a, you know, th- this wasn't something that had to happen right that minute. You know, he was gonna he, they, they were gonna have him under contract for another year, and maybe he sits out and you go through that whole rigmarole. But but I think I think I, I truly believe the Titans just weren't here for some of the antics and and how that had gone. Some of that being the tweets, and some of that being, you know, some of how AJ was acting behind the scenes and asking for a trade, cutting off communications and that kind of stuff. So I, I, I've always kind of believed it wasn't just a desire to trade a great receiver. There was more to it than that. Yeah, sure. Uh, full disclosure, we're recording this right before uh, Iran and uh, USA kicks off. USA prediction, real quick. Oh, man. I think it's going to be a lot like the Algeria game and. 2010. Oh, geez. Where, where the other team just kind of sits back and does everything to keep a goal from happening. And the U S is going to have to find some way to break that down and be creative. And honestly, the U S has struggled with that. So, you know, remember the landed Donovan goal there at the, there at the end, you know, maybe, maybe you get a, a bit of magic like that, but I think it's going to be a tense couple of hours. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle! Tennessee has pulled a miracle!
Hey, Jack, before we break down this Eagles game, uh, can I come clean about something? Yeah, spill it. I'm kind of, I'm ready for the new stadium. And and this is this is gonna this is pains me to say, just because as a former PSL holder, section 117, row S, seats nine and ten. Adelphia Coliseum, Nissan Coliseum holds a very special place in my heart. But I'm ready for the new stadium, and I'll and I'll tell you this because the Titans, and and I, I get it, a, a a decade of futility and 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 just utter incompetence will do this to a franchise. So I'm I'm not really blaming anyone, but the Titans haven't had a home field advantage in probably 17 years. There is no home field advantage in Nashville. And and I get it. Nashville's become a hotbed. It's a melting pot. It's a destination city for traveling fans. You're going to get opposing fans in there. But for whatever reason, it, it just doesn't have the same feel. Going into Nissan Stadium terrifies literally no one. Yeah. And I'm kind of ready for for a, at least a new a new building, something to like revive this to jump start, kind of take some uh one of those def- defibrillators and oh, put yeah. them to the heartbeat of this fan base when it comes to home games specifically. I think this fan base is strong. I think it I think we're we're very passionate. I think we're small. We're smaller than just about every fan base and probably all of football. Because even like the Texans who came after the Titans, they're coming from a larger market. So they're already with a built-in better fan base. But when it comes to home games, like honestly, I'd be okay if the Titans played every playoff game on the road. Because I have more confidence. I have more confidence in this team when they play on the road. Think about it. They go to Lambeau. They play well. They go to Arrowhead. they, They lose, but they play well. Well, other than the Bills game this year, other than the Bills game this year, they played amazing on the road. Yeah, no, you're right. They have been great on the road, but I think that's just kind of a, I think that's what tough teams do. And the Titans are definitely a tough team yes. mentally and, and, and physically. I, I just don't think that the, the, the Titans, and I guess this is just me reaching for the nostalgia factor, but like, I remember when that stadium was the loudest in football. I remember when like, yeah, I, it was, yeah, I do too. I mean, people would, would lose their minds over that game uh, every every Sunday no matter who the opponent was it was just loud and and teams did not want to play there Dan Reeves used to say it was the it was the toughest venue that he's ever played in and a lot of it it's just like now now it's just full of like Instagram influencers and exactly. uh you know people people that are there for the clout rather than the the fandom and it and again this is this is more to like a uh, I guess a venting of of Nashville as what it's become. There's a little bit of that, like you know, true Nashvilleians like kind of feel a little piece, of, especially when you see things like exit in closing down and stuff like that. You see Nashville dying and losing that soul that it once had, and and part of that soul was fans, diehard football fans going to every t- Titans game. And look, I know there there are the Mitch T. Ferkins in the world. There are the there are people that listen to this podcast that go every week and cheer their guts out. I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the, to the Titans fans that are just kind of there just to 
It's the thing to do. It's the party to be at that day in Nashville. And, you know, you want to get the you want to get the Instagram post. You want to get the story. Oh, oh, look, check me out. I'm wearing my hang 10 gear at the game. And that's not no shots fired at hang 10. I, I love, love hang 10. 10. I, I love hang 10. I love hang 10. Don't get me wrong. I love hang 10. I'm just saying like <laughs> that's the, those are the type of people that are like, oh, look at me. You know, like. That's an unfair stray to hang 10. I will defend. And that was an unfair stray to hang 10 hand raised. That was an unfair stray to hang 10. I love hang 10. <laughs> hang 10 so knows bad. I love hang 10. Okay. Uh, I, I just bought my Derrick Henry long sleeve shirt. That, 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 that like, uh, it's very colorful blue and purple. And I, red. Oh, it looks awesome. I'm thinking about buying a second. Derrick Henry is the most valuable player in the league. T-shirt. Well, That's you, how much I love hang 10 after this slander. But I'm I with know, you. It, it's not. It, it, it's definitely the landscape of the city has changed, and with more people coming from out of town, they've already got their teams, their favorite teams. They don't have any reason to go to the game other than it being a social event. And I mean, let's face it, sports events are social events, although some people are more passionate than others. But it, it it's more on how the city has changed. You mentioned exit in and all that stuff as well. That's uh, yeah, it, it's kind of being uprooted, well, changed, and, and really just deleted f- from the city. It's it's disappointing, but. And, I mean, it's it's kind of on the leaders of the city. It's not on Titans fans. It's not on the well, Titans. Well, I think I think it is a little bit on Titans fans because I know a lot of people will rebut me and say, well, they need to play better. Oh, you know, like, oh, did, if you saw that output on Sunday, why, why you know, uh, we're, you want us but, to cheer for so, that? So listen, listen. To me, to me, to me, you got to look, you got to look big picture here. You've got one of the top teams in the AFC. You've got a seven and four football team. Yeah, they're playing like crap on a week-to-week basis, but they're still getting the job done. They're still winning games. And to me, somehow, a Nissan Coliseum needs to get back to being a home field advantage for this team. Like, like to a point where the like Titans fans are playing a factor in the game. Where they're not, they're not groaning and mumbling every time Todd Downing doesn't call a successful third and one play. Like that, and then that's the feeling that it is. It's got to be ruthless, cutthroat from the fans, and I just don't, I don't sense that, and it's and it's frustrating. And and I know this is me with my thirty thousand scope view living in Chicago, but as a guy who grew up there and grew up going to games every Sunday, I just not. It doesn't have that same feel from the outside looking in. I'm with you. And it's, you know, there's some, I don't know. I don't want to make any excuses, but I I do think come playoff time, it'll be packed. Speaking of people from Tennessee that have left the state. Ah, there it is. Talk about transplants. Am I right? It's, is it an AJ Brown revenge game or is it a Titans revenge game? This feels more like a Titans revenge game because AJ Brown got paid. He got what he wanted. He joined up with his buddy Jalen Hurts up in Philadelphia and they've only lost one damn game the whole season. Now you can argue that their schedule's been weak, which it has, but I think the Titans have a lot of motivation heading into this. But they they should have had a lot of motivation heading into the Bengals game. So yeah, right. I yeah, we could we could go back and forth about that. Should have been a revenge game on Sunday. All right, all right. I, look, I understand where Vrabel was trying to do with the, with his players. Not a revenge game. Not a revenge game. Not a revenge game. Bitch, it should have been a revenge game and after what we watched. Was, it probably was in the locker room. But I, I just, I don't, I think outwardly, Rabel doesn't want to tip his hand, doesn't want to say, hey. Yeah, and I get that. You better I get be that. ready, Bengals, because. 
This is Rabel comes from the Patriot way, which is the anti billboard material way. That is what it is. And you'll never, which I love that. I I honestly, I respect that for the Titans. It's frustrating from a content standpoint for like doing what we do, Jack. But I do love the fact that they don't give anyone anything and you will never see a, a, a random, you know, Kellen Winslow. I'm a soldier uh, rant in the (laughs) locker room. You know, like you won't, you won't get any of that. Shout out to the, uh, that, that was actually, uh, after the Tennessee Vols game, Miami played. So, yeah. um, the, but, uh, but yes, no, 5,000% Jack, this is a Titans revenge game. It's AJ Brown is living the high life dude got out of Dodge and he's living pretty and he's rubbing it in our faces, which is why AJ Brown isn't in a, it's not an AJ Brown revenge game. It's a Titans revenge game to get back at AJ Brown. Now I know, I know this is more of a fan take than a Titans take. The Titans don't care about AJ Brown, you know, like it's a business, you know, I, I he got his, I, 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 I doubt very much care about AJ Brown. This is a game when the schedule came out, every Titans fan circled. Well, Titans but, fans, that's what I'm saying. Titans but, but, fans, but yes, Eagles but, fans, Eagles fans didn't have this game circled. AJ Brown might've, but Eagles fans no, no, don't no, give a damn I, about the Titans. The Titans uh, actually no, have motivation against an NFC opponent this week. I'm I, saying the Titans as as a team. I'm saying the players in that locker room aren't. This this game doesn't mean anything more other than playing a ten and one, the best team in football right now. Uh, this is this is what they're going up against. They're not thinking, oh, we gotta we gotta kick AJ Brown's ass. You mm, know, like no, I'm I I'm thinking that I, I I hope AJ Brown stubs his toe on every route he runs. I. Uh, and because you and I have talked about AJ Brown, I have 180 on my stance of AJ Brown. There's a lot of Titans fans, and I know because I I blogged about it earlier this week. I, you know, I I wrote a blog on on Corporate Pats saying this is AJ Brown hate week, and there were a lot of Titans fans who are like, I don't hate AJ Brown. I don't have a problem with him, and I'm sure that that's a lot of Titans fans. They're like, you know, he got paid, good for him, and I wish the Titans would have kept him. That's their take on it, and that's that's fine, and that was my take. That was my take for a long time up until Sunday night against the chiefs. That was when, uh, that was when I, I, I said, screw this dude. This dude is a douchebag and I, and I wish nothing well upon him. And that is the way I feel I, like now going into this game, I have completely 180. before I was good for him. you know, look, I hope he doesn't do anything against the Titans, but you know, I, but, there's nothing he really could have done. Yeah. He could have showed up to the negotiation table when the Titans were trying to work out a deal with them, but he didn't, he didn't, he wanted out. And as Gentry Estes would talk about with us, like he, he thinks there was more behind the scenes of like the Titans, not wanting to have to put up with his antics anymore. Like, so like they, they were more okay with letting him walk regardless. I, I, I am now under the, 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 mindset of no screw him i hope he has one catch for negative four yards a fumble and uh and maybe like a pin a pinched nerve maybe okay. you know because like that's not like a, it's like an injury but like not a serious one <laughs> there's there's multiple layers to this because aj brown still has a lot of friends on the titans like he's he's good friends with the players right the guys he's going right. to be going up against um however a lot of these defensive backs 
don't really know much of AJ Brown. I mean, Christian Fulton played to get played across from him in practice all the time. Roger McCreary's a rookie. Elijah Molden only had a year with him. Um, so it's there's not a ton of familiarity, at least from the cornerback position, but there's and, one and he's person a big dude. There's one person that he's really a- cares. That's John Robinson. John Robinson absolutely <laughs> wants his revenge this weekend. And yeah, you know, no. you know, he's the guy who signs the checks for everyone else. So what better way to give John Robinson, you know, a reason to maybe, maybe, maybe throw you a couple extra coins in the offseason by having your best game of the year against AJ Brown, the one that got away. I, I think that there's a lot of motivation in the locker room, whether these players like him or not. I expect it to be a physical game, a really chippy game on the outside. Um, I, I think that the Titans players are absolutely aware that A.J. Brown's been tweeting these things, making fun of the Titans throughout their, you know, passing game struggles. Um, after the game, it's going to be hugs and kisses probably. But in between the lines, I, I want to see them. I, I want to see them play very physical with A.J. Brown. I want him to get his ass locked down. And here's another thing. The Titans do, do always you really think play... it's going to be hugs and kisses after the game? Maybe not kisses, but probably hugs. Okay, yeah, that was a little. I, I, I mean, yeah, I could I see know, the hugs. Look, hey, man, he, he, anything can happen out there. Um, I mean, he does but, have very kiss. I will say this: the only nice thing I'll say about AJ Brown, very kissable cheeks. Yeah, he's got nice eyes too. Um, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I lost my. Oh yeah, here we go. The Titans play mobile quarterbacks very well. Like Lamar Jackson, the Titans have done a great job on historically. He had yeah. that one big run in the postseason that cost him in their mm-hmm. last meeting, but the Titans do a great job playing containment on these type of quarterbacks. If Jalen hurts, can't get it going on the ground, can't run for 150 yards. Like he just did against the Packers. Then you got to make him throw. And he's without Dallas Goddard, his tight end and probably his favorite target. I mean, you got AJ Brown on one side, Devontae Smith, who's been dealing with injuries on the other. And of course, Quez Watkins, who's probably going to burn the Titans over the top because it's never the number one receiver that does it. It's always a Mac Hollins, you know, the no name receivers of the world. But I, I think this is just a really good opportunity for the Titans defensive front to set the tone early. The Titans have the third ranked rush defense in the NFL. The Eagles love running the football. If they can negate the Eagles run game and force Hertz to turn to AJ Brown, to turn to Devontae Smith, I think that's how the Titans have the best chance to win this game. Also, you also got to stop their like uh, their QB sneak. I swear they run QB sneak more than like someone learning Madden for the first time. <laughs> I, they they run. It'll be like it'll be like third and four, and they'll run a QB sneak and get it. That's the thing too. Like they're really good at it. And I, you just gotta watch that QB sneak. You gotta stop that 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 damn QB sneak. But I, you, you mentioned that the the Titans have been good against uh, stopping you know, quarter mobile quarterbacks, which I agree with, except for this year, kind of. I mean, think about it. Josh Allen kind of ran all over the Titans. Uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of ran all over the Titans. Like he historically, didn't really run yes, all they, over them, but he did have big runs. He had big, he had big runs. Yes. Uh, big moment. Which I, I mean, is, I mean, really in a way that's kind of running all over them. I mean, like that's. It was more in like a clutch uh, that, way than like a dominant way. So. <laughs> okay all right now well now we're picking hairs i guess i'm yeah, uh, putting hairs here but the but like but against lamar jackson in the but in the playoff loss to them in the the the, the playoff win in baltimore when uh, that was david long's coming out party you remember well yeah yeah yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, the playoff win, but even the playoff loss. And um, I saw, I saw. Well, aside from the sorry, I, the playoff loss, they had Lamar did have that big run that went for a touchdown. No, <laughs> but yeah, if you take that's, away, that's but if you one. take away that run, if you take away that run, the rest of the game he did absolutely nothing with his legs. He couldn't. It was a very frustrating game. That was that's why this, the final score was what like twenty to. 20 to 13, I think was the final or it 20 to 10. Scoring. And and even the Titans that win in overtime they had against the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, they, right. they have success yeah. playing against Lamar Jackson. Well, in, in mobile quarterbacks in general, I, I, at least I believe so. Well, we'd have to kind of go down a rabbit hole to find out exactly everything, but it just feels like they always do well against these guys. Jalen hurts is absolutely one of those and, guys. And uh, Jalen hurts is a quarterback where if you force him, um, uh, what is it to his, to his right, I believe he he's he can't throw the ball. Like if you for if you can kind of uh you know like on in basketball guys will like defend you and they know you can't dribble with your left hand. Trust me, I would face guys like this in basketball all the time because I couldn't dribble with my left hand. <laughs> you know, like if if they know you can't dribble with your left hand, they're gonna force you left. They're gonna yeah. force you to it, try it's and go like left. Mitchell Trubisky, he can't throw to the left side of the field. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has a little bit to that, a uh, little bit of that to his game as well. So if the Titans can kind of force him to roll out right, then boom, I think uh, that could be a, uh, a a play card for success. I guess key advantage on the other side of the ball in the Eagles win over the Packers. C.J. Gardner Johnson, the Eagles' starting safety, who leads the NFL with six interceptions, went down, lacerated his spleen or his kidney, one of the Ooh. two, something awful. Ooh. Yeah. But they will be without him, and Reed Blankenship, his backup, former MTSU Blue Raider for our Blue Raider listeners, he's also got a little banged up in that game. So they're gonna they're gonna be weak at, at the safety position, which opens up tight ends Austin Hooper, Shigakonkwo, hopefully not Jeff Swaim, but <laughs> and it also opens up the top. So if if Traylon Burks, they want to send him deep. If Robert Woods wants to get active down the field, if uh, NWI, who's had some big catches deep down the field this season, are able to you know run past those guys. I, I like the Titans' chances in jump balls. So it's something to watch, something to monitor. CJ Gardner Johnson's going to be a big missing piece for them. And you know it's gotten so bad that in Philadelphia, who's one of the teams I cover for A to Z Sports, we're A to Z Philly. Um, it's gotten so bad that they're considering bringing Malcolm Jenkins out of retirement. Damn. And that guy's that guy's older than my dad. <laughs> Which I mean, at your age, your dad is probably what, like twenty five. Uh, <laughs> any injury that starts with the word lacerate can't be good. No, you know, out. like oh, I I lacerated my fingernail. Like even that sounds just brutal. I don't want to lacerate anything, to be honest with you. Mm-mm. No. Is like I'd, any, I'd much rather br- break or sprain something than lacerate something. I guess you can. Ooh, I like. I've been on a big mango kick lately. I like to lacerate mangoes because you have to get to the good meat. Is that a real thing? A lacerate mango? Mango? Well, you you gotta. I think lacerate just means to slice or to cut. So I mean, that's how you get to the. That's how you get to the good stuff. I'm lacerate intolerant. That's that's what I am. I don't I don't prefer it at all. Uh, all right. Uh, Jack is on Twitter at Jack H Entry. You should follow him. It must follow for all Titans fans. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. Follow this show on Twitter, guys. We're inching ever so closely to our goal. 
We have a goal of getting to a thousand followers on both Twitter and Instagram by draft night. And we are close. We're at uh 950, I want to say on Twitter, uh 980 something on uh on 980, Instagram. 986 on Instagram. 986. Come on, and we got 14 of you. 947 can follow us on Instagram. Okay, follow us on, on Twitter, 984, 986 on Instagram. So we're close. We need help. Follow us. I'm telling you, the Titans content from us is just, I mean, it's as top notch as this podcast is. So if, if you need any more reason to follow us, well, if you need any more reason to follow us, let us know and we'll give you more reasons to follow. We'll, <laughs> we'll actually we'll write out a whole list. The um, podcast for the people, by the people. It, that's right. That's right. And who knows? Maybe uh, another award-winning podcast. We'll figure out that, uh, I believe, next week. Uh, follow A to Z Sports on all the socials. Uh, of course, A to Z Sports, your your go-to. Uh, you want local coverage of all your, your favorite local sports teams? A to Z Sports is is your one-stop shop. I'm I'm telling you, cover it better than than most major brand uh major brand uh, companies that cover your local sports teams. Let me just say that. Okay. And that's, that's, a, that's all bias aside. If you want me to pepper in some bias, then I'll say, yeah, they're one of the greatest companies in all of America. Boom. How about that? Uh, so follow A to Z sports. Yeah, that was, that was, that was what the little bias sprinkled in. Um, all right. Uh, it was really hard being optimistic this entire, or, or for most of this. sode, but, uh, I think, look, the Titans play well against, teams that are better than them and they get up for big games and they get up for road games. So let's hope Sunday is just that chance for the Titans to kind of steal some thunder back. It's been the Titans, the Titans going in and out of waves. Okay. The Titans, they, they get the national attention and then they let it die down by, <laughs> by playing some pretty crappy games. This is, they're about due to get some national attention of like people be like, Hey, don't sleep on the Titans. It's a so, roller coaster ride. You're absolutely this right. This would be that game. I've got the Eagles their second loss. That th then, trust me. Look, if if the Commanders can do it, so can you, Titans. All right. So can you. That's a motto to live by. Also, that's Sean Taylor uh, statue oh slash mannequin. <laughs> that is so disrespectful. What was what was what was weirder, seeing that or Brian Robinson's big hat? I kind of like Brian Robinson's big hat. Yeah, you would like you would like his big hat. What do you what is that supposed to mean? I I saw it on SVP. SVP brought out a big hat. I don't know. It's I just one little trend. I like how he's supporting his buddy, getting some business that way. I'm sure Commanders fans have blew him up on Cyber Monday after that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good time to do it right before Cyber Monday. Uh okay, Jack, you got anything for the road? Titans score the most points all season. They're gonna win this game 31 to 24. It's going to be impressive, and the national media is going to come back to the light. Damn. Damn. Okay. Well, happy right. D. Henber to all of you and to those who celebrate, which should be all of you. Uh, thank you guys so much for following us and supporting this show. We we do appreciate you guys more than we'll ever be able to tell you. Uh, we wish we could uh, – each and every single one of you could be in, in front of us right now, and we could – we could just thank you one at a time. Just go down the handshake line and thank you. That's how much we love you guys. Uh, but, okay, it's uh, hate A.J. Brown week. It's, hate, uh, it's beat the Eagles week. With all that said, until next week, tighten up. Tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played.
Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. 